Welcome to the first ever Train Like a Mother Club special podcast. This is Dimity in Snowed in Denver. Oh my goodness. And this is Sarah in sunny Portland. And this is Coach Christine in sunny Maryland. Oh gosh. Which of these things is not like the other, right? <laughs> we we are having a snow day. I think that's our second of the year. And uh, yeah, it's a true, true snow day. Kids are off sledding. For oh about God. an hour. Yes, yes. <laughs> you, right? lock, you lock the door. You must <laughs> stay outside. <laughs> you may not come in for an hour. Um, this is really exciting because we've got our first ever, like I said, Train Like a Mother podcast going on today. We rounded up a bunch of questions from you guys, everybody from the stride into the new year up into the marathon group. There were definitely some themes, um, a little bit of TMI, which um, I actually passed along to Sarah for TMI Tuesdays on the (laughs) Facebook, um, on a regular Another Mother Runner Facebook. But you know, um, maybe we'll have a TMI edition of the of a Train Like a Mother Club too at some point. But uh, but there wasn't enough to warrant a whole podcast about it yet. Oh my god! Oh, I look forward to that day when we do yeah. have that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for now, we're just going to kind of dive right in and uh, and start with some questions. And um, there were two big themes, like I said, it was nutrition and pacing are two of the biggest things that came up again and again. Nutrition for sure. And pacing a little bit. Um, and so, but before we hit those, we're going to just dive in with a variety of questions. So the first one comes from Kim, who is in the stride into the new year group. And her question is simple, but oh, so complicated. She asks, I'm struggling to get my family on board with my long runs. Any tips? So guys, world peace, solve it. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> es- escape the house before they're even up and can notice you're gone. How about that? It's not, oh. it's not very original, but you know, um, I mean, I'm just always shocked by then seemingly how late everybody sleeps. You know, you can get out and get a really good workout in and come home and particularly this time of year, it's still dark out when you get back and the house is still dark and you know, it's like nobody's stirring, not even a mouse. Um, I was really surprised this morning I got home from my long run and there was Jack sitting in our living room reading a book and I was like... <laughs> Who are you and what are you doing? <laughs> this morning, well, a, Wednesday, not- a Wednesday morning, and yeah. he's reading a book. Tuesday morning. Tuesday, Tuesday morning. morning. And reading a novel. Like, okay, is that? <laughs> I don't have the time to do that before the workday, but you go for it. <laughs> well, as a runner that doesn't like to get up in the dark and come home in the dark, <laughs> I can see how that, yeah, you know, I, and I think a lot of people do struggle with trying to get up super duper early. So, you know, some of the things that I've done since I don't enjoy getting up at four or five o'clock in the morning is, especially on long run days, is I'll try to involve my family somehow. I've had my son ride along on his bike next to me. I've had him join me for the first mile or two. My daughter joins me for runs, you know, the whole thing. Um, She's a little bit older, Um, you know, maybe meet me at a certain location and give me some water, just try to get them a little bit involved. So it's not just me disappearing for an hour or two or however long it is. Um, So, yeah, I I find that um, making sure that you're that they know that you're thinking about them helps a lot. So um, I've taken to I I do. I don't head out in the super dark. Now I've learned that um, running in the day is is better for me, but I get up and work. And so then I have some time in the middle of the day to run. But that's another thing because it's a weekday. We're talking about long runs, Um, getting off track here already. Um, But the, um, 
But on a long run day, like if I do get up early and I leave, I'll leave a note for them. And I, mm-hmm. that sounds so dumb, but I don't, I'm not a note leaver, <laughs> you know? So I'll just be like, Aww. hey, good morning. You know, Poppers is my nickname for my daughter. Hey, Poppers, you know, looking forward to seeing you. I'll be home at, you know, this time and looking forward yeah. to doing something this afternoon. And then also having a plan for the afternoon. I mean, if this is a weekend thing, mm-hmm. um, you know, you just quote unquote, took time from them. That's how they see it, right? You, you know that you didn't really do that because they were just fine without you. But they see it as, oh my gosh, my mom, you know, she doesn't care. She's out, whatever. And so saying, okay, well, so I'm going to be gone for this amount of time. And then I get to come home and shower and eat. And then I would love to do something that you want to do. What do you want to do? Do you want to play Legos? Do you want to play a game? Do you want to go shopping, like whatever, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's not, that's not like brain surgery, but it's just saying, okay, I get this. So I'm going to give you this. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a great idea. I like that. I think that just makes a a big difference and and bribing of course is good. (laughs) Let me run and then I'll give you a bag of Skittles. That's true. That is so true. Bribing always works. (laughs) Except giving, you know, giving an 18 month old Skittles. I don't think we can condone that, but, (laughs) but, um, Yeah, yeah, you can have other applesauce. You can right? have sweetened applesauce. How about that? <laughs> you can have cinnamon. <laughs> but um, but so for I think for the people who um perhaps have two adults in the house and very young children, I think scheduling in advance because you don't want to kind of surprise, honey. You're on duty until ten thirty today. So um, you know, sitting down with the plan that you've gotten from the club, you know, in PDF form and looking at it and saying, okay, you know, on the you know, on the 10th, how about this? You know, how about I go from, you know, 7.30 until 9? How does that work with your schedule? And, um, you know, I think the runner can can lead the conversation, that's or steer the conversation, but, but have to be willing to be accommodating to someone else's mm-hmm. schedule. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that's the family, I guess. I was thinking of the kids, but, you know, husbands sometimes <laughs> are children, right? I know I didn't just say that. I didn't say that. Um, <laughs> But, um, but yeah, again, it's the same thing. I get this. So what are you going to get? So Sundays are always, you know, rest days, which, you know, I think most people are on that schedule where they run long on Saturday and then take Sunday off. So, hey, you know what? If you want to watch the football game, if you want to go for your own run, if you want to go do something for a couple hours, I will take care of the kids. I mean, it's just fair, right? <laughs> I mean, it doesn't sound, it, it, again, it's not brain brain surgery or anything, but it does make a difference when you say, I know that I'm taking this. And, and even though we all know that it's bringing so much to your lives, they see it as mm-hmm. taking. And so when the husband, you know, say, I, okay, I'm taking this. So I'm going to give you this, I'm going to give you this time. I'm going to give you this, whatever you want. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, with, within reason, within reason. Right. <laughs> barter, barter. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, can I read the next question? Cause it comes from somebody yeah. named Sarah. So, uh, who is in the marathon club. So she wants to know how to deal with setbacks in training. She says, our family seems to be having more than our fair share of illness this winter and is making it difficult for me to stay completely on top of the training plan. I feel like it mostly affects me mentally more than physically, but it is obviously both. So I'd appreciate any advice on how to deal with the frustration and stay positive. And both Sarah and Judy in the half marathon program, because there's Sarah's everywhere, everywhere. (laughs) They had similar questions about if you're going to miss a workout or a week of workouts, what do you do? So kind of that, what happens when you don't stick to the plan precisely as it is written by coach Christine? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's hard, especially if you're, you know, dealing with illnesses or, you know, a string of things that happen. 
I tend to, you know, if you have, if you miss a couple of runs, it's usually not a big deal. It's when you start missing a lot of important runs more than two or three weeks in a row that you're going to have to either kind of alter your expectations for your goal or you're going to have to change things around a little bit, maybe change the race date. But, I mean, if, she, if she's – now I'm going to make some assumptions here, but if she's been able to do something on some days of the week and at least be able to maintain some of the fitness she has there, and hopefully, um, you know, if she's had to make sacrifices, she hasn't been sacrificing her long run, because <laughs> that's going to be the most important thing in the marathon training and in the half marathon training um, is going to be maintaining that long run. So if she can organize her week and she's got to cut back or not run a couple of runs during the week, but get that long run in. And that happens for a week. Um, I don't think it's a big deal. If it starts happening for like more than a week, then it starts to become a bigger deal. And then you most likely will have to kind of ease back into training rather than just jump in where you're at. And by easing, I mean, you know, maybe cut the mileage back a little bit, maybe cut the intervals back a little bit. Um, but again, you know, prioritizing, you know, if you know that you're only going to be able to get two runs in that week, prioritize and pick the ones that are the most important, the quality runs and, uh, and try to get those in. Um, yeah, so hopefully she's been at least able to do something that's been able to maintain her fitness a little bit, and it wouldn't be that big of a deal. All right, well, so that's that's a, that's totally great advice. Can we, like, quantify that a little bit? I mean, so you said a week. Like, a lot of people are knocked out for a week with, say, the yeah. flu or, a, you know, and a bad cold yes. or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. that's during my week 13. Do I just say I'm writing off week 13 and just picking up – Week 14, like you said, but like like saying like, okay, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm going to dial it back on the workouts, yeah. take off a mile or two, and then ramp up and just go through 14 and just forget that I missed 13? Yeah, that- I think if, yeah, I, I, yes. And, but, and, and, and if you are sick, if it's something that, you know, if you were taken out a week because you had the flu, you got to remember that week coming back is probably going to suck. <laughs> yeah, sure. So- <laughs> So you want to, so dialing it back will probably come naturally that following week. But yeah, I think missing a week due to an illness or something. And again, I think, you know, the earlier it happens, the less impact it has in the future, the later it happens. Um, Well, you know, I guess, again, it depends sort of, you know, how close you are to the race uh, uh, date, um, how we would change things. But yeah, I mean, easing back in, um, will just depend upon if you've lost time from being sick, if you've lost time because your kids have been sick and you just haven't been able to get back out there, jumping in and right where you're at may be an option that you can do. You may even be feeling good because you had a week of rest and recovery and you can hop back in and feel awesome. Sure, sure. Yeah. So it's really, so missing a week is not that big of a deal. And missing, you know, two or three workouts during a week just because of a snow day or your husband's traveling or whatever not that I don't big of a think deal. So. I think yeah. I think what what uh, Sarah had said was the Sarah the the runner Sarah not, not you Sarah no, the yeah. other Sarah <laughs> was saying that mentally I think mentally it messes with us more than it does physically. Yes, um, I agree. You know, so in your brain, you're thinking, oh, my gosh, I've lost all my fitness. And then you run that next run back and it's awful. And you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to run this marathon. So it's more playing with with what's going on in your brain. And um, and, you know, and if you are trapped inside because of a snowstorm and you don't have a treadmill, just any kind of anything just to kind of work out a little bit and work that brain muscle so that you, you know, are satisfied the need that you know that you're sure. doing something at least. 
There's always that stair circuit. I know if you're in the stride, yeah. if you are in either stride program, I got to say it, it, it's a little butt kicker, but it does do the job to get your mind quiet. Yeah, um, and I know that a lot Judy, of people were using that during yeah. the snowstorm. <laughs> exactly. And I know that Judy is headed to, I think she said Costa Rica for a week. Mm. And so that's something you can plan in advance, right? I mean, so obviously she's planning the trip in advance, but say that week she has a 14 mile run. You know, she could do her 14 miler before she goes and then and then kind of have a pretty easy week of just hiking and maybe a little running if she can get it in. Right. Yeah, I think I mean, and that happens a lot, you know, especially as we get closer to spring and summer where people have vacations coming up. And I always say something is better than nothing. Um, you know, we may need to cut back on some of uh, the training runs you have planned for that week. But if you can squeeze in your long run before you leave um, or wait until you get back for the next one, that's would be great. Um, but don't stress about it when you're on vacation. The whole point of vacation is to, you know, vacation. Relax. <laughs> I know that actually, if nothing else, that is the one thing. Don't stress about it while you're on vacation. Yes, exactly. That's no so, fun at all. Yeah. Enjoy and, Costa Rica for us. My goodness. I want to, I want to yeah. <laughs> jump in her luggage, please. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So take, I mean, you know, take that opportunity to, to relax. And, and if she does, I mean, and like you said, usually there's other stuff involved that are as active on vacations that, uh, that will keep her busy. Totally. Especially if you're going to Disney. I love people who are like, oh, I'm going to miss my runs, but um, I'm going mm-hmm. to Disney world for five days with my family. I'm like, Oh my gosh, you know how many miles you're mm-hmm. going to walk? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I had a client just the other day. She did Disney, the, um, the, the, dopey challenge mm-hmm. and she was uh having some problems and i said um and she wore her fitbit or something the day before and she had walked almost nine miles <laughs> the oh day gosh. before the whole challenge started oh and, boy uh, yeah yeah so i was like oh well there you go disney and walking go hand in hand <laughs> so basically she did the amount of the first two days of the dopey challenge yeah. in one day of walking so. yeah, but she didn't even realize it you know until yeah. she looked down yeah. oh my goodness yeah Okay, well, so um, Sarah, Rachel, and Barbara in the half marathon program all chimed in when one of them asked this question, and I think it's a good question. Um, They all had questions about kind of semi-injuries is what they called them, running-related aches and pains that aren't sidelining you, so it's not like, you know, a severe case of plantar fasciitis or a stress fracture or something like that, but it's not going away either. So it's kind of like, you know, what, a five on a scale of one to ten or maybe, you know, a four, but it's, it's just this little gnat kind of buzzing around you what what do you do in situations like that definitely foam rolling i was having some just i don't know my upper back i wrote about this on our website uh, was just my upper back was just bedeviling me and so i got the grid 2.0 because the regular grid wasn't long enough so i (laughs) um just now have committed to getting up five minutes earlier um, every morning and, and going and laying down on the bathroom, the carpeted part of our bathroom and, um, just rolling, rolling, rolling. And so now I've, I mean, now the pain that I originally started with is gone and I'm like, well, you know, why don't I just start working on my, you know, the side of my hips now? Because yeah, you train for a marathon or a half marathon, eventually your hips are going to start talking to you. So, um, so being proactive and, and rolling on it because I mean, the relief just even from a few minutes is so amazing. You know, you stand up and you can feel that blood flowing to it and just, you know, the little knots and and kinks there are all just kind of smoothed out. So um, I just, I just love trigger point therapy 
um, grids and all their tools. I agree. I, think- I agree. I haven't, I haven't been doing my upper back, but it's my calves. My calves are like the key that unlocks everything else. And um, when I keep those happy, um, the rest of me pretty much tends to be looser. And, you know, yes, it's great to use the trigger point tools and I use them, but you can also do it with a tennis ball or a lacrosse ball or a foam roller. I mean, it's not pleasant. You're going to dig right in, <laughs> dig right in there, you know, but it, it does do the job. Yeah. What about you, Christine? Yeah. What were you going to say? Well, I was just thinking, you know, when, whenever somebody comes to me and says, oh, my knees hurt or my hamstring hurts, the first thing I say is let's figure out the why, the cause of it. Um, cause sometimes something as easy as achy knees could be a sign that you need some new shoes and mm-hmm. get to go shopping. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a hamstring, uh, tightness could be an imbalance in quad muscle strength, you know, from leg to leg. Um, maybe there's something inefficient in your gait or how you're running that, uh, could be approved, improved upon, you know, if you've got shin splints, maybe you're overstriding too much, things like that. So taking a look at, at some of those things could, instead of just band-aiding it with like Advil, take an Advil or something before you run, making sure that you're looking at, um, possible reasons that, that it's happening and then addressing those issues. And that's where the foam rolling and the, you know, and the massage and the acupuncture and all that stuff can come in is once you figure out what exactly is going on and solving it. Yeah. And then I just have to get on my soapbox again about hip strength, because (laughs) like I said, uh, and I said in a podcast a couple, gosh, I don't even know what I said a month ago or so, but my doing my little clamshells and Jane Fonda leg lifts, and now I've <laughs> I've started um, doing some standing one legged stuff and doing it even one legged on the Bosu. Mm-hmm. And holy cow! I mean, mm-hmm. the diff like my foot doesn't hurt anymore. My knees don't hurt anymore after a long run. I mean, and it's all. I, I, I mean, I think a lot of it is is the heart rate training, but I think part of it too is that. I'm working on my hip strength and they are built to withstand the pounding. My little ouchy part of my foot, not, not with, not built to withstand the pounding knees, not so much, you know? So, um, I am going to do, I've been putting up the videos, been doing the the super short strength circuits and those definitely have elements of one leggedness in them, but I'm going to put up a hip strength video soon. So, you know, if, if anything, if you want just like kind of a, a cure-all to try it, um, I definitely would say get on the floor and start, you know. Start clamshelling. Start yeah. clamshelling. Exactly. Start fire hydrating. <laughs> yes. yes, totally, totally. Yeah, but balancing, balancing exercises is, are so, so good for you because it really um, helps strengthen the ligaments and the tendons and the proprioceptive muscles that, that help uh, guide along your running muscles, the you know the ones that are going forward and backwards, which are the ones you're using for running. We don't use our side to side muscles and tendons and ligaments as much. So when you do that one legged balancing, all those are getting strengthened, which you know in in the end is a good thing for you as an entire athlete. Um, and I'll, you know, and I'll do that just if I'm in the grocery store, if I'm waiting somewhere, which makes me look, I know, completely like a door. <laughs> I don't care anymore. <laughs> I'll just, you know, I'll just lift up one foot and like, you know, wait, you know, check out at the, at the grocery I'm gonna, store. I'm going to I'm gonna now call you Flamingo. Stork, <laughs> yeah, stork. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, it's like, there's always these little opportunities when you're doing nothing that you could just kind of balance on one foot at a time and, and, uh, and then, of course, progress from that when you're actually focusing on it, but. Yeah, well, yeah. The, um, the physical therapist that I've been seeing a couple of times said that whenever he's injured, the first thing he does is stand on the BOSU with one foot. 
you know, mm-hmm. balance, just, just balancing on that. He says he talks on the phone with it. I mean, obviously he's got all the tools at his disposal, but just doing that helps yeah. realign your body, helps get all those little tendons and ligaments firing that are going to support you because it is those stabilizing side muscles. But anyway, so self-care, that's a long way of saying self-care <laughs> for those <laughs> semi-injuries, right? Yeah, yeah. So Abby in the stride group, she wants to know about running on a treadmill versus running outside. Is one more efficient than the other to train your body? She said she's not planning on racing anytime soon, and most of her workout hours are on a treadmill. She said wants to know if she's still getting all the benefits. Um, I mean, I, I love the treadmill for certain purposes. <laughs> um, you know, like, like when it's snowing out or, you know, icy or something like that. Um, obviously if her work schedule is such that, it, you know, she's got to be getting on the treadmill if it's nighttime, she's not comfortable or safe or whatever, then, then, you know, that's what the treadmill is there for. The treadmill does create a controlled environment. And, um, I know there are a lot of people that say treadmill running is harder, but in truth, it's a lot easier. Um, you're on a, uh, a belt that's helping you along. You're, um, you know, you've got a TV, air conditioning, <laughs> you know, your water there in one cup holder, your music in another. You know, it's a very, it's a much pleasant, uh, much more pleasant atmosphere typically, or easy. I wouldn't say pleasant, but yeah, uh, easier. No, 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 not pleasant. <laughs> yeah, not pleasant. Sorry. I, yeah. A lot of us call it the dreadmill. Mm-hmm. Uh, as ever, as you all know, but yeah, I mean, you know what? My, my new wait. Let me interrupt you. My my sure. new word for that mm-hmm. instead mill. The instead mill. That goes oh, not that's, that's clever. That. Look at that. Thank you. I thought of it while I was on the instead mill. Um, <laughs> that is but awesome. That makes you know that makes it not so dreadful, right? Because it's so it's good. another option. It's just another option. You can't run inside, so you're going to run or outside, so you're going to run on the instead mill. Yes, and I actually I like clever. that a lot because then you're saying you're not. It, it shouldn't. I don't think it should be your main um, mode of running. However, if she's not planning on racing anytime soon, then you know, and she's just using it to get into shape. And uh, I think it's okay. It's not a big deal. Um, if she was planning on a on a race, then obviously you want to train on terrain that's going to be similar to what you're going to be racing on. So outside running becomes a little bit more important. Um, but you know, the, the one thing I always tell all the treadmill runners is to press a button every quarter mile, you know, um, you want to simulate outside a little bit and outside isn't just flat with the road running underneath you. So you need to press a button either up or down on the incline, either up or down on the speed and just kind of vary things around a little bit to kind of give you some of the undulations that, that, or that a road would, um, but outside running, you know, I, I feel like if she has the ability to get out at least once or twice, she might fall in love with it <laughs> mm-hmm. as opposed to staring at, you know, whatever's going on in the gym or in her, her basement. And, uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I would, I would suggest she try to get out there maybe and just compare and see what she thinks, because especially as the weather starts turning into spring here, it's so beautiful and it's so nice to be outside and the mm-hmm. benefits of being outside, just, uh, the fresh air instead of the stagnant air, you know, the sunshine, the, you know, whatever, uh, is so much more pleasant. Yes, totally. Totally. So now we're going to head into a couple questions about pacing that have come up both from specific people when I called for podcast questions and then just um, questions that I fielded either over email or on the Facebook pages. So the first one comes from Rag, Rag Who, I believe is how you say her name, in the stride, through, stride into the New Year Challenge. She's asking, how do you nail a consistent pace? I have a hard time differentiating my effort, like the difference between a five on a scale of one to ten and a seven on a scale of one to ten. 
So my pace zigs and zags faster and slower. So how do you stay steady or is that, you know, just as easy as getting your family on board and finding world peace, Christine? (laughs) Yes. Um, Yeah. Yes, it it is. So moving on. (laughs) You know, I think, um, you know, pacing is is tricky and it's tricky for most people. Um, very few people really can uh, instinctively hone in into whatever pace they're you're you're running for that particular run. Um, you know I you know so she's in the she's in the stride. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, if she's looking to find that comfortable, easy pace, um, she's going to have to really, really, really start to focus on the feel of the run. And then if she's charting, like if she's got a Garmin or something on the days where it feels awesome, look at that pace, mm. kind of get an idea of what that pace is in the future. As she progresses, if she wants to run a race, you know, she can get paces from that. Um, if she starts doing, you know, speed work, things like that, that will help her differentiate between an easier and harder pace. But I think if she has a a run where she feels like it's on and she's hitting it, then look at what the watch is saying and kind of use that as a guideline. I also have to say that I do feel that it's a skill Mm -hmm. that is really honed over time. And that I also sort of feel that some people have it and some people don't, which may be um, sort of a depressing thing to say. But like, even Dim, I don't know if you've noticed this, like when I swam with a master's swimming group, there were people who could just like, if we were supposed to do, you know, 100s on 150, they could just boom, boom, boom all day long and touch that wall exactly at one minute, 50 seconds. Then there are other people that were just all over the place. I find the same thing with running is that, you know, you'll be like, okay, we're going to do, you know, a 930 right here and suddenly it's like what you're doing an 840 what do you think you're doing here so um it just it just seems innate to some people and um but definitely can be honed as christine was saying Um, yeah i mean i I agree it i mean out of all the hundreds of clients i've had over the years i can probably count on less than 10 so maybe like you know one or two percent are able to just consistently hit paces perfectly. It's very, very rare, but you can teach yourself. To yeah, a and also, um, so I've been having to do a lot of um, rate of perceived exertion runs mm-hmm. so that, um, you know, I'm supposed to do, I don't know, 20 minutes at a, a RP5 or something like that. And that I find that when Molly and I run together and she'll be like, you know, I really think this is a six. And I mean, we must sound like we are just splitting hairs, <laughs> but but I just sort of like literally visualize that scale from one to 10. And if five is supposed to be right there in the middle, there's got to be a whole lot more space to go faster because, yeah. you know, so the, the difference between a five and a seven is like, well, at a seven, there's really only a couple more clicks up I could go before I'm maxed out. Whereas with 10, yeah, I mean, at a 10, just so you know, I mean, a 10 is sustainable for, you know, 15 seconds, 20 seconds. Yeah. It's not, I mean, it is all out. Like oh, yeah. you are running the hundred meter dash and you're all warmed up and you're in the Olympics, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not, it's yeah. not like a 10 is, oh, I can hang on to this for, for five minutes. I mean, so seven is, you know, I, I really see seven because even nine is close to that too, right? Oh, nine gosh. is maybe a minute. So seven and eight is really quite intense as far as your pace goes. I actually like thinking about it that way, Jimmy. That's a great idea is to think like, okay, well, how long? So if a 10, if a 10 is uh, 30 seconds or 20 seconds and a nine, an eight, nine, you know, would be a minute or two, then a seven, eight could be, you know, 
longer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're backing I mean, yourself seven, into a corner. Seven to me feels like the end of a race, to be honest with you. I mean, the end yeah. of a half marathon is a seven. Because you're, you don't have that 9 and 10 at the end of half marathon anymore. And you probably don't even have the 8 except for maybe when it's you downhill. see the finish line, you know? <laughs> it's, and it's downhill. So, <laughs> yeah, and it's downhill. So, I mean, so if you think about it that way, like you almost knock out 9 and 10 because those are just paces that you just don't really need for, for right. most ways that we run, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, no, I don't think we have anything in any of the training programs that has you at a, at a 10. Yeah, yeah. I mean, on on my, you know, on, on Sunday take, for instance, I was supposed to do three at a completely easy, chatty pace. And the coach said, RP3. She's like, feel like you could just go forever. And so, you know, I mean, that's, you know, when you think of it that way, then, then again, there's a whole lot of space to dial up and not all that much space to go down to, you know, that the one is kind of just that on the treadmill between, oh, should I be walking or running at this pace, you know? So, um, sure. so, yeah. so there is a big difference then, um, as Raghu was saying, that, that, that the five and the seven, you know, like uh, you're saying, Sarah, that, you know, a five, you've got a whole lot of room to go up and down, but a seven, you don't, mm-hmm. especially if you take nine and ten out. Because <laughs> <Right. laughs> <laughs> seven, eight, nine. Right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> boom, boom. And the Dixie Cup, <laughs> Dimity McDowell. <laughs> She's here all week. <laughs> Try the veal. <laughs> okay, okay. So now we're talking about paces. That this is the one that's come up a lot, and um, you know, this this there's as many answers to this as there are. I don't even know. I mean, there's tempo pace versus race pace. Everyone's like, "What's a tempo pace? What's my tempo pace? How do I know my tempo paces?" And I'm like, "Okay, well, we have the zones. You know, tempo pace. We have you at kind of a five six. You know, but." At the same time, that is really hard to quantify and everyone has their GPS and they want it to the, you know, down to the second. So can you talk about tempo pace as it relates to race pace? And yeah, let's just talk about that. Um, well, well, I mean, tempo pace, and again, you know, it's going to vary, you know, as far as the actual pace numbers, minutes per mile, it, it varies athlete to athlete because of uh, uh, skill level, experience level. You know, for example, a... Um, you know, an elite half marathoner that's running uh, a half marathon in 104, 105, you know, one of the guys or something, top top people, their tempo and their half race pace are going to be about the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but people like us, <laughs> who are a little bit slower than that, um, you know, there's going to be a, there's going to be some variation. Um, so, and I'm, I'm assuming race pace, I'm not sure, you know, I, I'm thinking half race pace is what we're talking about here, but um but I mean, any, yes, I mean, half race pace, because this is, this is my understanding. And this is kind of what I've been talking about with the people. So hopefully it's right or something close to being right (laughs) in the same iCloud as being right. Um, but I think about, like you said, like in the zones, we have tempo pace as kind of either a race pace, half marathon where you're really, really, really going for it or kind of the high end, um, like if you're, if you are racing half marathon, you hit your tempo pace, you know, somewhere in the second half of the race. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, um, as far as using the, the, the perceived effort scale, you know, tempo, like you said, can be anywhere really from, I mean, it's, it's going to be something that you can sustain for at least an hour. So five, six, maybe in the upper limits of seven towards the end of it, you'll have that feel a little bit harder, 
um, which is good because tempo and, and, you know, this is something to point out whenever all these paces, race pace, tempo, they're always going to feel the perceived effort is always going to be a little bit lower. So although you're trying to dial into that perceived effort, I always tell people that that middle chunk is really where you should feel like you're hitting the perceived effort number that you're that you're looking at because typically in the beginning you're going to feel a little bit easier and then towards the end it might feel a little bit harder just because you've been doing it a little bit longer um but yeah so so race pace um tends to be slower for most people a half race pace tends to be a little bit slower um uh, and the tempo for, pace than the tempo pace okay. um yeah. So, so obviously the perceived effort will be a little bit less, but there's not a humongous difference for most people, um, as in the feel of it. Okay. So, and tell me if we can do this and if we can't, we won't, but say I want to run a two ten half marathon and I'm close. I'm, you know, I, my last marathon was a two fourteen. say what, what is my tempo pace? Okay. Um, there's apps for that. There's apps for yes. that. <laughs> there are apps, and okay, so there ran, are. There are. I mean, like you ran a two. You want to say you ran a two fourteen? Yeah, and I want to run a two ten. Say, and you want to run a two ten? All right, let's see. I'm, go, I'm actually going to Greg McMillan's calculator. Thing. That's which exactly is on the on the train like a mother club site, by the way. Under pacing calculators, uh, there's a bunch yeah, of different but, ones. Okay, so he's saying tempo. Now he does. He has tempo run and tempo intervals, um, but in general, you're going to be looking at a probably about a nine thirty to nine forty type okay. of uh, yeah. And then race pace. Um, let's see. One thing while while, while you're looking up, I want to say that um, I've, as I said, I've been doing a lot of rate of perceived exertion work. Mm-hmm. before I really am dialing into pace itself. So I sometimes feel like pace numbers. So I sometimes feel that um, tempo pace and race pace can then just be put into rate of perceived exertion. So that to me, tempo pace is five, six, m- maybe an occasional seven for very few minutes, very, very few minutes. I'm talking like three. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, and then race pace is um, five, and then, and then, you know, at toward the, you know, in the kind of the nine, like if we're talking half marathon from mile nine on or mile 10 on, it's going to get six and up into seven. Right, right. Yes. And I think that's important to point out is that it can fluctuate, even though your pace stays relatively consistent. And that's normal. Um, yeah. I also kind of tend to turn on the juice at the end. So sometimes I will try it. I certainly try to feel like I'm going faster at the end of a race. Right. (laughs) It sure feels harder at least. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because some, I don't, I don't know. Definitely. I also, gosh, if you run in the morning, it's so tiring to have to turn, you know, look down and turn on the light on your GPS or gosh, this morning I was like, really, am I going to have to start wearing glasses while I run? Because I would look down and I'm like, I don't know, that either says 845 or 855, I can't really tell. Like, or it's either 645 or 845. It's one or the other, and I, so really, it's not six. Um, Hopefully, you know the difference, you can feel the difference between yeah. a 645 yeah, and Yeah, yeah, no, 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 but, <laughs> but I just kept looking, and I'm like, oh, my, and I'm like, okay, how far do I have to hold it away from my eyes to be able to read it? But just, it's uh, in the dark. I just can't stand having to turn it on. So I really enjoy kind of more just running by feel. Well, yeah, yeah, as I say, that's a huge argument for, you know, leaving 
leaving your GPS, maybe not at home, but not paying attention to it as much. You know, I think oh, yeah. that that, I mean, that skill that we've just talked about is, is tuning into your body and saying, okay, this is because a five today to me feels fine. Guess what? My kid threw up last night. I'm stressed out about something and I have the same bug coming on and I'm going to get it in four days. So a five tomorrow may feel completely hard. Sure. Right. Or, or not, maybe maybe my five is completely slower. I should say it still feels like a five, but maybe it's a minute slower. Mm-hmm, and right. that's the thing. And so you have to go, OK, not that I have to hit that five number. I have to hit that 940, but I have to hit that five effort, mm-hmm, you yeah. know. And so whether that's a 940 or a 1040 or an 840 on that specific day, you're getting the training effect more or less that you need, you know, and the more that you're like, oh, I got to go. I got to nail it. I got to nail, nail, nail it. The more you're going to kind of you know, almost nail yourself into an injury or, or mm-hmm. more of an illness or something like that, you know? Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 I totally agree with that. And I love that. I love that, you know, trying to focus on, because you're right, the paces are going to vary depending upon so many things in your life. Um, and, but the effort's always going to be there. So. Yeah. yeah. And that's, and, and, um, and then, okay, I've already been up on my soapbox. Now I'm stepping back up again. But I mean, I remember when I, you know, used to write a lot about training, you know, the stress on your body, whether it's a lack of sleep, whether it's poor nutrition, whether you're worried about your kid in school, whether your marriage isn't going well, whatever it happens to be, your, your body just knows it is stress. It's the mm-hmm. same stress that training puts on your body. And I know training is a good stress, but the, your body doesn't know the difference. It's just stressed. So when you go and try and do a really hard tempo run on top of having all these other things worrying around and you haven't slept very well in four days, guess what? Your body isn't going to react the way you want it to. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So, so that's I so mean, be that's forgiving, just... you know, and be forgiving to yourself during those times too, because you yes. know a lot of people will look at that and they'll run that five effort and see, like you said, oh, it's a minute slower, and then all of a sudden their whole running world comes crashing down. Like, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, I'm not going to be able to run this marathon. I'm not going to be able to run this race. Uh, I'm yeah. lost my fitness, and to just you know take it for what it is and kind of let yourself uh, heal up a little bit from the stresses. Yeah, yeah. and be you know, that good rest enough. A little bit. That good enough. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's talk about food because that's not an emotional subject either, right? <laughs> let's talk about how we fuel ourselves as I, you know, dig into the Valentine's Day hearts. Um, so this is where the bulk of the questions came from. And um, so we're going to spend a little bit of time on hydration and nutrition. Um, first, I want to just go over the basic rules of eating on the run. Um, and so I will tell you my rules. Um, and then, Christine and Sarah, if you have different rules, feel free to chime in. But my basic idea is I want, as a bigger person, I weigh 175 pounds, I want 100 to 200 calories an hour. Um, and I aim more for that 200. I kind of think of it as I want to, the more fuel put I put in my body, the better. So, um, and that, that every hour includes that first hour. And I start thinking about that if I'm going on a run somewhere between 75 and 90 minutes. If I'm going out for less than 75 minutes or 90 minutes, I probably won't take anything with me. But if I'm going any, anywhere over that, um, I am taking enough fuel so I have 100 to 200 calories an hour. I what about was, you guys? What I do you thought do? that was a really good point, Tim, about the first hour because to me that said make sure you eat something before you head out the door which sure. is what I used to 
not do because I thought, oh, you know, I'll burn fat more. I'll burn more fat if I go out on an empty stomach. And I mean, for years, I went out on an empty stomach. And finally, after having, I don't know, like five nutritionists on our regular podcast, I'm like, oh, I hear what you're saying. I think I'll eat something. <laughs> so I, I always like it if I'm like, oh, sweet, I made muffins yesterday. So I'll just have a little bran muffin or you know, this morning I had um, a really um, nutty, seedy piece of toast with some a little bit of homemade jelly on it. So, um, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, here in Oregon, you know, you can't. Homemade. Th- <laughs> <laughs> okay, are you making that jelly, Sarah? No, Jack does. It's his. It's one of his uh, specialties. You know, when we when all he go- reads his novels <laughs> and during this, well, in between chapters, he whips up a, a batch of jelly. Right. Not during this time of year. You know, the prime berry season is late June into early July. Um, so. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Can I borrow him? <laughs> it's bas- I have to say though, it's basically all berries and sugar. There's nothing, you know, and water. So there's no. <laughs> Then there's a lot of sugar, but sounds anyway, good. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I'll have to gift it to you all. Um, okay. So, um, so, but it's that having that, and and you know, and so maybe maybe if you have a stomach that can't tolerate that, so you drink, a, you know, some juice or something like that, or have let's bring up the applesauce that we were going to bribe the 18 month old baby with. So, um, you know, something like that, so that it's easier. But I totally do that if I am going to be gone. I kind of go with 80 minutes because 75 is sometimes, I don't know, that's just me stopping at a couple extra lights and that was really only seven miles. So, um, but kind of eight, nine miles is where I get into the um, bringing something along. And for me, that is um, a packet of goo and that I take in one of those starting at about 75 to 80 minutes in and then every 40 to 45 minutes after that. So about about every four miles after that. So, so if you're going to run, say you're going for 12 miles, okay. you're only going to take, you're only going to take one at 75 to 80 minutes. You're not going to take one before that. Well, no. Okay. So I misspoke. You're right. So, okay. Let's, I went running for 11 miles with a lot of pace changes on, um, I don't know what day was that Saturday maybe. And, um, so had one at four miles, eight miles and that was it. Yeah. Okay. So that's 200 calories. Plus you had something before you left. Probably, yes, I right? did. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that's, so there you go. So that's the 100 to 200 calories an hour. Mm-hmm. What about you, Christine? What do you do? Well, typically? I was going to say, I do about the same. I do about a hundred uh, calories per hour. And again, I don't do that unless um, I'll, I'll get in a little bit of calories before I run. Um, won't take anything with me unless I'm going, you know, an hour, 20, hour and a half. Um, and that's when I would start to regular, you know, take in some regular nutrition on the go. Otherwise, you know, really our bodies pretty much have enough stored glycogen to get us through about an hour. Um, so having a, a couple of hundred calories beforehand is usually enough. Sure. And then water, sure. you know, taking the water along. Yep. We'll get to that. Don't, don't jump the gun on me here. All right. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, so, and those calories, let's just, I mean, so Sarah had a bran muffin. I probably wouldn't recommend most people having a bran muffin right before they go for a run. Sarah's got different intestines than the rest of us. So you want simple carbs. You want a banana. You want, if you have a piece of toast, I guess, maybe not, but not like a huge multi-grain seedy nutty thing like Sarah said, (laughs) but the, the jam is good. Um, you know, uh, orange slices, graham crackers, applesauce. Um, and then on the run, of course, you know, we definitely like to use goo, but if that doesn't work for you or work, you know, you can do anything that's simple sugar. You can do gummy bears, you can do starbursts, you can do honey, you can do orange slices. I mean, what else? I mean, pretzels, um, jelly beans, 
jelly beans, leftover yeah. uh, Valentine's Day candy, Easter candy, Halloween candy, fruit snacks. Lots of kids have those fruit snacks, yes. you know. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. So so that's I mean that's basically nutrition in a nutshell. Is you need to have simple carbs regularly. Okay. Um. Anything else you guys want to add to that basic stuff? Just to practice, 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 practice um, during your long runs and so that you make sure on race day you've got it nailed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Kelly, my, um, oh, 26 strong cadet from two years ago, she liked the Uncrustables. Um, she liked to have yeah. those. <laughs> so and funny. so, I mean, that worked, you know, that, but that, and she, she knew that that worked for her. So you do have to kind of do a little bit of trial and error in saying, okay, is this one going to work for me? Is this one going to work for me? Whatever. Um, and just, you know, have a bailout plan if, <laughs> if, if yeah. you get all brand muffiny, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so then Heather kind of tacks on. She's in the, the half marathon group. She's wondering about fueling for grumpy tummies. So obviously by grumpy, I interpret that to mean stomachs that are more sensitive, right? Mm-hmm. Well, so then um, she could work on taking in the fuel perhaps in smaller dosages. Uh, you know, I mentioned that I take in a whole packet of goo gel at one time. Uh, you know, like goo chews are awesome because they're little, you know, um, individual of about, I guess each one has maybe around 20 to or so calories in them, uh, maybe about 25. And so, um, you know, sometimes I'll bring those along and so that you can take in one, you know, at 20 minutes into your run and then another one or two at 30 and then, you know, another one or two at 45 so that you're kind of, because sometimes that big hit of sugar to your stomach, particularly when your, your muscles are working so hard, your blood is shunted away from your gut, you know, the, the leg and all those other muscles are like, no, no, no blood over here. I need you. And so the stomach doesn't have as much blood to work on digestion while you're running. So that, um, you know, taking in a whole hundred calorie gel at one time for people who have grumpy tummies, uh, it can be a little bit of a uh, shock to the system. So kind of having a, a drip, drip, drip of that. And, you know, some people, I know, Christine, right, you can, you sometimes will open up a goo packet and not, not eat the whole thing at one time. Yep. For me, Absolutely. that's just like a mess waiting to happen. But, yeah, I mean, but it is a mess. But, but <laughs> they have, they have, they are introducing this month a five-serving flask, and it's yes. super amazing um, feel. It's this really interesting um, rubberized. I don't think it's rubber, but um, you know, very flexible um, uh, material that it's made out of. And then Goo is making big. Um, gosh, I don't know how many servings are in one container so that you can just like squeeze from the bigger bottle into that five flask, five serving flask holder. And that's super comfortable to hold. It's almost a little bit like a worry ball or one of those things, you know, that just stress ball. Yeah. Stress yeah. Ball. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, and then you can just, um, once it gets a little bit more empty, you can, um, fold it up and put it like in this pocket of your bullet caprice, oh, nice. your sockety bullet caprice, or you can, you know, tuck it into a pocket or into the, f- um, like a waistband. So it's very flexible so i just wanted to mention that and so that's that... yeah that's perfect especially for the grumpy tummies you know mm-hmm. where you want to want to just take a little hit every few yeah. minutes or so yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. you know there's so much coming out now that um addresses that and and you know and then like you said like the chews and the beans and there's so many things that you can do at a smaller volume but i second the whole sugar thing it's typically it's that onslaught of sugar so she may also want to look at is she doing a lot of uh uh, uh, sports beverages that are high in sugar. Um, so many people can't tolerate the amount that is in that we're finding in the sports drinks. 
Sure, sure. Well, this is good because that leads to our next thing, which is caffeine, which can give you a grumpy tummy. And I learned something going through this. Um, so Melissa, or Melinda, I'm sorry, Melinda in the marathon group was asking about caffeines, uh, caffeine in both electrolytes and then gels and chews. And she was wondering how much is it? And so I looked it up for goose, um, which is what obviously we use and are familiar with. There's 40 milligrams in, um, in three different flavor, flavors, espresso love, caramel macchiato, and jet blackberry. And all the others have 20 milligrams. That's what's surprising to me. That's a, Molly and I just talked about that over the weekend. How yeah. it's like this, I'm like, what? Because I used to be like, oh, yeah, well, I don't react well to caffeine. So I use a, a plain or a vanilla bean every other. And somebody on our Facebook page was like, uh, Sarah, you know, those have caffeine in them. And I mean, it's the yeah. tiniest writing. And as I've admitted, my eyes just don't work anymore. So, <laughs> so yeah. yeah. And so then Molly was like, oh, well, the root beer doesn't have it. And so that's why she likes the, the root beer. And so, yeah, so that... That, as you point, as a, before I interrupted you, you were about to say, Dimity, that root beer, peanut butter, and strawberry banana are And lemon free. lime. And le- oh. I, I, um, that got deleted. Lemon lime doesn't have any either. So those are four flavors that don't have any. Mm-hmm. But as a comparison, so we were looking at 20 milligrams for most flavors and then 40 milligrams for espresso love. I mean, you're going to expect to have it in there. And the macchiato one, the jet blackberry is a little bit of a sleeper. But a can of Diet Coke has 46 milligrams of caffeine. A Starbucks latte has 150, wow. um, and, a, and a brewed coffee, a typical cup, has about 160 milligrams. So, you know, if you have, I mean, so it's it's basically a Diet Coke. Espresso Love is more or less a Diet Coke. Mm-hmm. Um, that's good to know. Um, so oh, if, if it is, because caffeine can definitely upset your stomach. I mean, it also gives you a performance jolt, which is why you have it. It makes you more alert and more tuned in, and your muscles fire a little bit faster, but if the cost of that is that you're spending five minutes in the porta potty, then it's not worth it, right? It also, mm-hmm. I find it makes for if you take in a lot of that caffeine without knowing it, then you know here you've run uh, done a 15 mile training run and you should feel exhausted. Instead, it's kind of like, well, I think I'll vacuum now the whole house and then I, then I'll dust and then then I'll walk to the library, you know. And it's like finally like, oh, okay, I'm on a ca- big old caffeine buzz. I do have to say sure. though, um, noon energy just. I believe today, as we record this, introduce a new flavor, that mango orange. Or yes. Mango, yeah. Yes. We just oh. tried that. Oh, so good. Yes. And oh. that's 40 milligrams of caffeine in one tablet, just so you know. So that's a similar to a Diet Coke, that 46 milligrams. It is. I, my, I am not a caffeine ingester, but boy, I will make an exception for the mango <laughs> orange <laughs> noon yes. energy. It is just, I mean, like Jack tried to t- siphon off a tube of it to take to the gym. And I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> that's mine. So, See, um, and I love caffeine. I, and I'm happy. <laughs> happy there's their flavor with caffeine <laughs> yeah so i mean they, but they do also that while i know they can upset people's stomach for people who maybe um need to hit that race pace five um or rate of perceived exertion five in a workout i gotta say the caffeine really can help with that endeavor yeah yeah um, absolutely and i wait. think part of it too is making sure that you're if, if you're a normal coffee drinker you're obviously going to be able to handle the caffeine mm-hmm. in, the, in the gels a whole lot uh and in the beverages a whole lot easier than you would if you're someone that doesn't drink any coffee or mm-hmm. never has a diet coke mm-hmm. sure sure and the other thing with that when i was reading about it is obviously um you're probably not going to want to take an espresso love and then wash it down with noon after you want to kind of <laughs> with you want energy. to uh-huh. 
or noon energy. I'm sorry, noon energy, the mango noon energy. So, you know, so if you do have an espresso love and you find yourself a little like too jittery, like drink some water, you know, dilute it. Mm -hmm. That's, 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 sorry, my dog is, uh, (laughs) Mason says, yes, that's right. Yes, that's right. (laughs) My dog has had too much espresso love. Okay. Right. Okay. Well, so we're going to have to hold on to hydration for another time okay? because we've got to do the best part. The funnest part, the most fun part of this uh, podcast is the rapid fire round. So there were a couple questions in there that were just like, we don't need to, you know, give 15 minute answers. We can give 15 second answers. So we're all going to kind of just give our answers quickly in this rapid fire round. <laughs> All right, you guys, have you had your espresso loves? Are you, are you fired up? Ready to go? Woo! Let's go. Okay. <laughs> okay, so Amanda wants, so this is the order we'll go in. We'll go in Christine, Sarah, me. Then I'll, and then I'll prompt us again, okay? Okay. So Amanda wants um, the, a tip for getting your ass out of bed in the morning to get the workout in. What's your best early morning tip, Christine? Um, a very loud alarm on the other side of the room. <laughs> Uh, turn on the light immediately in the bathroom. And I'm lay out all your things, including that banana or whatever else you're going to eat before music, everything charged, all your clothes. Okay. Susan wants to know what incline for hill intervals on a treadmill. Uh, I would, I mean, for a normal interval type thing, maybe four to six, bumping it up occasionally. Oh, good. I was going to go with five. So that's what I'll go Okay, I was going to go four to seven. I would definitely mix it up. I would do a pattern like four, four and a half, five. Yeah, four yeah, and a half, yeah. Five, five and a half, five. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> uh, okay, back to nutrition. Um, Julie has a question about the nutrition before and after a long run. She says, I was starving after my long run on Saturday, and I felt like I could eat everything, which that it didn't hit on this part of nutrition. So uh, eating before, having a good dinner the night before and a breakfast the morning of, if you can, you know, digest that and still have time to run is important. So we'll start first with your favorite pre-long dinner, Christine, go. Um, I've actually got two. I love pizza. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so pizza's good. And I also like making chicken with some quinoa. Oh, wow. Look at that. Aren't you healthy? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay. Fine. Let her go first. Um, <laughs> I, um, my entire family adores spaghetti with turkey pesto meatballs that I, that I make. So, and they're, they're very easy because you use pre-made pesto. So <laughs> it's a cheat. You know, Jack doesn't make your pesto, Sarah, too. In between the jam. <laughs> he, he crushes the wine with his feet. So <laughs> yeah, he's busy with the wine in enough time for the right, pesto sauce. Right. Um, so pre-long run dinner for me, pizza is a favorite as well as, um, Chipotle. This was pre, pre, pre E. coli. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not going um, but there. But I still, I've, I've been back. I will say oh, I've have. been back. That's yeah. a fine well, so Apparently I just heard on the radio this morning that they have changed all their food handling stuff. So they're all good now. Oh, yeah, they're, God. they're a Denver based company. We don't want them to die. So, so, the, um, I like a chicken burrito. I do eat the tortilla because those are good carbs. And then brown rice, light on the beans, chicken, little salsa. Good to go. All right. Pre-long run breakfast or snack if you don't, you know, sit down and have Eggs Benedict. Yeah, mine's usually a snack. Um, I usually will have coffee for sure with some milk. And then either like a toaster waffle for my kids (laughs) or (laughs) banana or yogurt or like a quick cereal bar. You know, something that's a couple hundred calories. 
Okay, and uh, since we know that I have an iron stomach, I will admit that I have uh, non-fat Greek yogurt with homemade granola and a fruit like currently raspberries. For some reason, are really inexpensive, so uh, raspberries. Well, I will do for a long run. I'll do um, a whole wheat muffin with peanut butter uh, and a banana sliced on top of that. That's my favorite uh, pre-long run breakfast. Okay, here's Stephanie. She asks, how does a working mother runner train and not gain weight since she has zero time to cook healthy meals? Um, and so uh, I'm not saying that cooking healthy meals is not an important thing, but I do think you can get a healthy meal without having to spend half an hour in the kitchen. So what's your favorite fast thing to make at home? Um, probably one of my easy, like really super quick uh, is making like a huge salad is just go buy a couple bags of already washed salad, you know, or, or spinach, and then get some sort of pre-made meats. You can go get the chicken that's already grilled and packaged for you, um, or like little steak pieces, and then just add a ton of, of bagged veggies on top and then mix it all together. You can even throw like a little bit of quinoa in there. I knew that was going to come back. I knew it. <laughs> I saw it coming. I love quinoa. <laughs> I do. I love quinoa. You know, heat that up, you know, throw a little quinoa if you want to put a little extra protein in there. I mean, even like a little bit of bacon. Hard-boiled um, egg. Mm-hmm. Hard-boiled egg. I mean, and, and, and then a little bit of bread on the side. And uh, that's my quick, I mean, literally it takes, if you get it all pre-packaged, now that doesn't make it a little bit more expensive, but... Um, but yeah, or, or another thing I like too is salmon, um, love making salmon and it takes two seconds to throw it in the oven, throw a little ter- teriyaki on it and throw it in the oven and then some quinoa on the side. <laughs> <laughs> quinoa is fast cooking. I give you that. It takes, you know, 10 yeah. minutes to yeah. get that, that puppy going. Uh, All right. What about you, Sarah? Um, I love this one recipe from um, Marin Mama Cooks, and I can Dim. I'll give you all the links to these things I've mentioned. It's um, uh, she calls them Paul McCartney um, vegan uh, tacos, but they're like refried bean um, soft tacos. So you just like saute um, some onions, uh, chopped onion, and in some olive oil, and then put in like two cans of refried beans. I like the ones from Trader Joe's. Um, let that cook for a little bit and then just put in some chopped tomatoes. And then I, we have a gas stove. So I just warm up the tortillas over a gas flame and then serve it with sliced um, avocado. So wow. Okay. Yeah. That, that, that feels like a real meal to me. That's not a fast meal. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> I know. You know, you guys, I felt like the girl who was like, oh, oh my parents don't let me watch TV. Like, you know, because the other thing I was going to say was this, um, Oh, goodness, it's a uh, bean and pesto pasta dish, and you would have really scorned me for that one. So that was the best I could come up with. Really, it's really easy and quick. Um, all right, and all I right. put a well, couple we'll dashes we'll of Tabasco in it, too. Yeah. I'll, I'll share it with her. Um, all right, well, so my favorite is it is truly, you know, I scrambled eggs, scrambled eggs on whole wheat toast and an avocado and, you know, some baby carrots or something like that. Um, we often have sandwich nights around here, too, where, you know, you can make yourself a turkey sandwich. The kids can put peanut butter and honey, whatever, again, like vegetables and fruits on the side. I mean, that's a healthy meal. It may not make the cover of Marin Mama cooks or whatever, but <laughs> it's going to nourish you and it's going to nourish you and help you not gain weight. So I'm, my mother was a home ec major. What can I say? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm all about the sandwiches and the eggs when it, when it's, when time is um, at a premium. And you can also take a nan, nan bread and throw, you know, throw some cheese and veggies on that too. That's pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's really as long as, as in my mind, if we have fruits and vegetables on the side, which you know, and we do with most meals in our house, then 
you're you're doing well because you're getting your vitamins, you're getting your fiber, you're filling up naturally. Anyway, okay, that was more than uh, quick. Okay, last one. This is a good one. Um, Julie needs some ideas for when she's slowing down and she wants a song with a fast beat and a good tempo. So your favorite up-tempo song. Currently. Go. Um, I love a lot of Pink song, but I really love her So What, So What, I'm a rock star. <laughs> That's my go. favorite one because it's, yeah, it's, it's like an angry, makes you uh, run fast. <laughs> My, my current favorite is um, Focus by Ariana Grande because it also makes me think of my son, John, who loves Ariana Grande with all his heart. So. Aww. <laughs> oh, cute. Um, and I, you know, I'm, I think I'm going to have to go just with um, that uptown, funk you up. Uptown, oh, yeah. funk you up. <laughs> that, that beat, man, that will get me every single time. What song is that, though? Um, uh, uptown Funk. Uptown Funk, yeah. Yeah, when by... he <laughs> <laughs> my um oh, oh my gosh i can totally up. visualize that guy uh, what's his name uh, i want to say it's marky mark but it's not no no no, no and it's not mark, mark ronson uh marky mark no, bruno mars bruno mars. Mark Ron- bruno, oh, mars. Yeah, bruno mars okay all right so um so yeah so there I you think go it's bruno mars really? with mark ronson yeah there we go oh, our our 27 year old podcast producer just pointed his pen at me and he's like yep that's it exactly i thought you said marky mark <laughs> no <laughs> Bruno Mars and Mark Ronson. <laughs> I wouldn't know Mark Ronson if I fell over him, but the name came to me. <laughs> All right. Well, so there you have it. Hopefully this has been helpful and um, we will see you next time. Many happy miles until then. Don't believe it, just watch. Oh.